On this episode of A State of Control, we talk about the residential side of AV, how the residential and commercial sides have been converging, where are the differences, but more importantly, what are the commonalities and the unified user experience that needs to be provided. All that and more on A State of Control. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. A state of control. State of control, episode 62. Lifestyle in the workplace. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Middle Atlantic. What great systems are built on? A by Chief, the global leader in commercial AV mounting solutions. Welcome to A State of Control, an AV Nation podcast that highlights the control, programming, and automation aspects of the audiovisual industry. My name is Steve Greenblatt. I'm your host. Thanks for joining us today. So this podcast tends to have a little bit of a commercial slant. Part of that's because that's my background and, and I choose a lot of the guests. But uh, we, we, today we're going we're gonna to take a little bit of a turn and we're going to talk about the residential portion of the AV industry and AV solutions and, and also how that ties in with programming and automation. So first, uh, I'd like to welcome back my uh, partner in crime here at State of Control. His name is Uncle Richie and his goes by Rich Fragosa as well. How are you, Rich? Welcome back. I'm doing good. Mellow West Coast greetings. Uh, like I said, I've been dealing with a bit of the plague in the house, so I'm glad to be upright and making sure uh, that we get this show going. So uh, missed you on the last show. I uh, heard it was great, but uh, glad to be back on this one. Glad to have you. So next, I have two guests. Both are regulars on uh, our weekly residential-based show called Resi Week with Matt Scott, as Rich is also a frequent guest there. First, of all, I would like to introduce Joe Whitaker from Thoughtful Integrations. Welcome, Joe. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me on the show. And uh, last but not least, uh, someone I've got to get, I've gotten a chance to know and hang out with and had some fun with. His name is Stephen Bronner from Pro Audio Georgia. Welcome, Stephen. Thanks for being with us. Absolutely, man. It's uh, beautiful here in Georgia, and I'm looking forward to this. This should be a lot of fun. Excellent. So. As I said before, uh, the, the residential and commercial parts of the industry, they, they, they tend to, to be separated. But I, I think as we, we, time has passed and we, we've gotten uh, a, a lot more accustomed to the fact that there's a, a common user in the mix and, and there's been some convergence, I believe, uh, across the markets, and uh, especially when it comes to, to the user experience. So, so, Rich, why don't you start by kind of laying some of the groundwork for us. Is that the case now? Um, in the past, it, there's been, you've either done one or the other. And, and usually the one that you do, you're comfortable with, and the other one you're afraid of. Is that, it, it, are, are, are the differences that vast still between residential and commercial? I think the differences are are lessening. Um, absolutely, when you first started out, you were a commercial guy or you were a resi guy. There were very few that were comfortable uh, kind of being the utility vehicle between the two because it's very two very different client profiles. Uh, 
you know, in a current commercial environment, you're dealing with someone's place of work. Um, you're dealing with multiple users who may or may not have a vested interest in the process and just kind of want to get in, do their presentation and get out, or they may be performing meetings. Residential, uh, you're dealing with somebody's home and their lifestyle and some very deep set personal motivations and preferences. And that's a, a different interaction with the client. Uh, you may not be necessarily dealing with the client directly all the time. So you may be dealing with a client manager, um, a property manager, you may be dealing with the representative, the interior designer, the architect down the line. Um, and so typically when you were in one camp, you weren't necessarily as happy about trying to figure out how to navigate in the other camp. However, um, we've been hearing resimersal a lot. I mean, that's, that's something that it, it's been unofficially claimed and I think more and more we're seeing it being used um, in print and in publication that there is that convergence. You know, it's always been the dreaded C word convergence, but you know, we're seeing more of that. I'm seeing more residential dealers are getting involved in the commercial aspects that, you know, they're doing restaurants, they're doing, uh, you know, sports bars, they're finding their ways into doing even huddle spaces and, and other places, you know, even places of worship I'm seeing. And so that's something you didn't necessarily see, you know, even five years ago, but because the manufacturers that we're dealing with are saying, well, you know, we can provide a unified platform that's going to work, whether it's a four bedroom house or it's going to be, you know, a sports bar with, you know, 15 displays throughout and a couple of zones uh, uh, of music. Uh, you know, I, I think that it's something more now than ever we need to start paying attention to and finding opportunities to give these dealers the, the ability to get into one or the other, you know, and, and both at this point. So Joe, following up on, on what I, what you're saying, and I know that you, you, you do offer solutions in, in both camps. Um, what, when it comes to the user experience, what, are, are there enough consistencies to be able to say that, we somebody can be at home or at work or even in an entertainment type of situation and and be comfortable with with the same type of a, a user interface and, and operation or or they really have to these systems have to be se separated you logistically yes they have to be separated but like you know i've found over the past few years um because we do residential obviously and we do bars and restaurants and aquariums and airport command centers and all that other stuff but we've kind of been wrong for a really long time and and it's like you know kind of catching up on that uh the consumer space has kind of at least made us and our company aware of you know 18 years ago you know when i was geeking out i'm like oh we could put a button here and we could customize this to do that we can no 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 we like to get nerdy on that, but we were all wrong. It's like when you walk in a conference room or you walk in a restaurant, you're managing the restaurant, you want one button that gets everything done. You don't want to be, and then if you go to another interface, you don't want to see an interface that's jumbled up that doesn't look like the one when you were in room 101 and you go to 102 and you're like, oh wait, the button should be right there, but they put it over here this time and they made it orange. So, you know, back in the day, yeah, we used to get really tricky with, you know, that, that custom side of really customizing the interface. But like what we found is, you know, I call it KISS, K-I-S-S, -S, keep it simple, stupid. It's, you know, locking it down where everywhere you see it, everywhere you use it, it always looks the same. And, you know, in commercial product projects, we used to get really, you know, intricate with, with that customization. 
but we found the opposite thing that happens in residential. In a residential space, you'll have three people, uh, you know, three to 10 people that are there all the time, and you may have four to five guests a year. You go to an, a, commercial, a commercial environment, you've got one to two people who are there all the time that you need to use the system, and 100 to 1,000 guests that come in and use the system. So it has to be really catered, really to the point, and you know, kind of like you alluded when you asked me the question, they transition very well that way. Of course, you might want the back screen or, you know, uh, the icons to be a little more catered to the user or to the, the corporate environment. But making the looks the same, feels the same attitude across a platform has become so important. And I've learned like for a good five years, you know, like, you know, back from, We'll just say 2000 to about 06, I was wrong. You know, I'll be the first to admit, I was entirely wrong when I was nerding out. But, but yes, that transition of back and forth in the user experience is really starting to come hold because these people are worried about money. These people are worried about lifestyle. And guess what? Those actually converge. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. That, that has become a big part of kind of the universal truth and the way user experience is within a UI, whatever the UI may be. So Stephen, uh, bring you in on this. Uh, you know, when, when you think about residential systems, you think about customization and, and kind of like what Joe was saying and, and you know, be, being personalized. Um, however, the, there's been a this greater trend these days you know, based on uh, our market as well as other products that the, the simple, almost the basic interface and operation is really what's winning is is that the, what you've been seeing is that is that really what is winning over clients on, on, on the, in the residential side because that wouldn't be what i think a, an outsider would think that that is uh, not not really familiar with with this market well i think that what you have to do is you have to take it all into mind um you know, you, you've got your custom clients and you've got your clients that are not custom. So uh, you can follow the Logitech Harmony model, which uh, then grew into the control form model. I mean, it's, it's, it all started with Logitech. You know, it's, that's where that came from. We have a wizard, you plug the information in, the program generates the, generates the interface, it generates everything. Um, and I actually think that's a great model. I've always said there's room in our industry for custom and there's room in our industry for standard. Uh, when you're doing commercial, it has to be really, really simple because you're dealing with the least common denominator. Uh, you're dealing with the guy that knows nothing and is terrified of his smartphone, and you're dealing with the IT guy that is fully convinced that he probably started the internet. That is what you're dealing with in that. Now, when it comes to residential, there is more, um, there is more of a, a custom side to that if that's what the client is looking for. Um, some clients want it. Uh, I give this great example all the time. Uh, one of the popular control brands, all their touch panels are red and black. Okay, I'm a Gator fan. I'm a Florida Gator fan to the core. You put a red and black touch panel in my house, we're gonna have issues, like Sports Illustrated style issues. And so what I'm talking, it, you know, there's room in every, there's room for everybody. Um, I like to pick at my friends that are other, they do other control brands and I like to jab at them. But the truth is, is when it comes down to it, 
there's, there's room for custom and there's a time for custom. But I think that uh, you guys are, are right. Most clients are looking for an easy standard interface. Um, one thing that we have in my company that we do, and I know Richie probably does this a lot, is uh, we take a lot of pride in our interface. And I tell my clients, I, you always hear the same thing. You got to teach me how to use the system. If I hand you a controller and I have to teach you how to use the system, I haven't done my job properly. Because that means that, yeah, you might be able to use it, but can your wife, can your husband, can your daughter, can your son, your mom, your dad, the housekeeper, if you can't just pick up an interface and use it intuitively, there's a problem. So that is when you get into custom because your one size fits all just like clothes never really fits anybody. You know, you have to teach them, well, you have to do this, then you do this, then you scroll the wheel, then you do this. And it's, it's all this in between. Whereas custom comes in when you need to make it absolutely clear what's going on. Um, but you know, in, in commercial programming, like, like Joe said, I mean, that's, that's the secret. Keep it simple. I mean, you don't need sliders for everything. They don't need to be able to adjust the bass and treble and, yeah, you want to keep it all, you want to keep it all streamlined. So like uh, when we do government buildings or I have some military contracts, when we do those kind of control panels, they are literally, I think the most complicated uh, commercial panel that I have out there has seven pages of programming in it. I mean, it, it and a residential touch panel might have 40, you know, it's, it, it's a different animal. So Rich, uh, maybe you can uh, take us to the next step. Now, we're, we're one of the things that we we talk about a lot is, is the you know the, the the programming and configuration, and and you know I, I think we we struggle with that a bit in, on the commercial side, and, and but I think that that's been more prevalent on on the uh, on, on the residential side. Um, where where do where where does programming come in and, and, and how do, how does the, is, is that value provided or, you know, is it, is the configuration model really what is going to get you to, to that end result that you're looking for? And, and it's going to, to, to work the way it's, it's going to provide you the solutions that you're looking for. Well, I, it, it comes down to a word that, that we've used a lot on the commercial side called framework. Right, you know, in, 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 on the commercial side for, for many years, you know, and again, we, we've had the luxury on the commercial side of, of having to push um, the process along. And we always talked about it that initially, in the early days of automation, it was commercial that pushed residential. We're seeing the inverse, especially in the last 10 years, due to, you know, the iOS ecosystem where residential now um, is, is pushing a lot of the innovation in commercial. But originally we started with framework. Uh, you know, I mean, I know originally we, we worked on a standard process. I remember you were very helpful with the dashboard uh, that Infocom created originally. You know, we, we had conversations about how do we unify this process so that somebody could just walk in and, and use it and, and across the industry, you know, could, could we agree on things such as placement? You know, how, how does it, this come along? Fast forward to much larger tech companies, um, that wasn't necessarily our choice anymore on, on where placement occurred. Things like the hamburger menu, 
you know, that, that is now just ubiquitous in any device that you pick up, whether it's a tablet, a phone, your web page, you know, phrases that we've never heard of before are being driven by companies that are generating and, and producing hundreds of millions of devices, right? So what's happened is that the framework element and the interaction element and the user experience element isn't necessarily being driven by us. We're having to play catch up and play in a different sandbox, which is, well, my iDevice operates like this, or my Android device operates like this. This is what I'm used to. I would like an experience closer to that. So it's caused a, a big shift in how we've been operating. Um, what I do appreciate seeing is that the manufacturers are taking this more seriously. When we first started out, if you didn't have the, the, the credentials to be able to write code, you know, not configure, not add buttons, not create a, you know, a little drop down of if this, then that, but the ability to get down into the source level of creating functions and moving things along, you didn't have a whole lot of options available to you. You know, we had many starts and stops, and you've been through as many of them as I have over the past 25 years. Manufacturer would have a great idea, wouldn't quite take traction. Next thing we knew, <laughs> the three or four projects that we decided to go along with and try it, now no longer support it. You know, so we were, we were once bitten, twice shy down the line in terms of, you know, how we would deploy those strategies. But, you know, with this advent of Resimercial that I'm seeing is that the manufacturers are saying, look, we, we are going to invest some time. We are going to hopefully streamline and flatten some of the friction points for you and provide the ability to be able to push out 80% of the projects. And that's a key point that, that we always need to, to focus on, which is, you know, there, there's lots of projects that a configurable solution, they're going to hit the mark. Absolutely. And that's where you support it. You put your energy and it's like anything else, you know, it's that 80, 20 rule. Um, you know, and I see that progressing and we're seeing it from manufacturers. We're seeing it not only from, uh, you know, restaurant, but we're seeing it from control Port. We're seeing it from URC. We're seeing it from Logitech. Even we're seeing it from all these manufacturers who are saying, we're going to go ahead and focus on getting the product out, focusing software and engineering firepower, um, and, and trying to flatten these friction points for you within that 80%. And I think that there's lots of companies that will make a great living can support their clients and can get jobs in, out, done, and paid. And we've always talked about it, right? Just get in, get out, get paid. And that's always first. You know, as a business to be successful, you got to get paid. You know, got to make sure you're eating. With that said, some companies, as opposed to others, take a look and say, okay, we also do have a pool of software developers. And they give that pool of software developers the ability to say, okay, this is something completely off the menu. Are there tools or can we work with tools to diverge from that? Can we either do it completely custom and go off the menu or can we hybridize it and work back and forth? And that's the next part that I'm curious to see where the evolution is. Some of them are walled gardens and what you get is what you get. I, I've, I've always used the Panda Express analogy, right? You know, if, if you go to Nome, Alaska and you enter and, and you get Kung Pao chicken, you know, it's going to be the same in Nome, Alaska. Is this going to, uh, uh, Nome, Alaska is this going to be in Brooklyn, New York, right? And that's fine. And if you like the Kung Pao chicken, you're going to love the Kung Pao, Kung Pao chicken wherever you go. Can you special order? No, you can't. About all you get is extra soy sauce and that's it. So again, once you stay with it, 
and you invest in that ecosystem and you manage the expectations, you're smooth sailing. It's when you get that difference, that, diver that divergence. And that's where I'm always curious because I'm not as vested in a lot of these other ecosystems. And that's what I'm curious about is what happens when you get that condition. If you go to the manufacturer and say, I need X, well, do they come back with you and say, give us 48 hours? Or do they come back to you and say, give us 48 months? That's, for me, always kind of that, that black hole of information. Where is the support going to come from if you happen to be one of the companies that's pushing the envelope? Because that's, that's always the question is, if you're innovative, you're going to push the envelope. Do you have the support to be able to do it? Or do you have to pull back and say, yeah, that's, that's not going to happen, and then manage the expectations up front? So I think you bring up a good point, and, and I'm going to you know jump over to Stephen and see if he can shed some light on this because I because I think that what you you pointed out too is that there's a lot of manufacturers that are that are born out of the residential side that have really made their their success based on configuration solutions and and it's been happening for quite some time and that could be the key to providing this ease of use and simplification and, and consistency. So Stephen, what, um, can you um, maybe give a little bit of your experience on kind of what Rich said is, what happens when you get asked to do something that is a little bit outside the box and, and is it something that is a, an, easy, uh, an easy task to address and, and, what, and, and how, do, how do manufacturers typically uh, uh, respond to that. That is the key to what control system you pick. And, and uh, I love that. I love this topic because I think it's very awesome. Um, it's the lines have been blurred in the last three to four years, but used to it was very defined. Either your system was a pre-cut, pre-assembled URC or Logitech style system, or you could do pretty much what you wanted to do. I mean, every system has limitations. I, I don't, I, I've, I've dug into all of them. I, I looked into all the systems and here's what I found. Um, with the system that I chose, which is RTI, it's not a big secret. Everybody kind of laughs about it. I, but I, I chose RTI and the reason why is we have a rule. Uh, I, I run my company very much like uh, Jerry Maguire, fewer clients, broader service. So whenever, whenever a client calls me, the answer is always yes. And with RTI, I can do that. So if the client calls me and says, and I actually, this is a real example. I had a client call me and say, hey, I want to put uh, a picture of my dog on the screen of my touch panel just in this one room. And I want the icons to be paw prints. And it was the dog wash room, but they want to be able to control the music while they were in there. So I want the icons to be paw prints and all this stuff. And this was a few years back. And instead of looking at my client and going, oh, that's going to take 12 hours of programming and, you know, it's going to cost you an extra $1,500, $2,000 or whatever the price is, I was able to look at them and go, absolutely. Remember I told you the answer is always yes. And that has gotten me a lot because the API that we deal with is so open. Uh, it's just, it, it's ridiculous. Uh, Third-party driver developers. I know, Steve, you do a lot of that. You, you do. And we, as programmers, configurers, whatever you want to call us, I think that term is a little um, touchy. But the, uh, the, the, whatever you want to call it, I think that 
I think that guys like you that write third-party drivers that allow us, I think what Richie said, take that edge off a little bit, smooth those, smooth the, the kind of point of entry for these different products. You guys make a massive difference. But at the end of the day, if you walk into a situation, whatever you put in your client's home, the answer should never be no. That client paid you as an expert. And that client expects for you to be able to offer them that level of service. Now, if it's a pre-configured style client, you know, entry-level home, in and out, simple touch panels, yeah, the answer might be, well, yeah, but you need to change this because that's not the price point you were in. But if you're dealing with a custom client and the client comes at you with some crazy request, hey, I want the camera image to pull up and if I double tap, I want it to zoom in and all this stuff on my touch panels or my remote control when I pick it up. If it's five o'clock in the afternoon, I want it to look like this. If it's midnight, I want it to look like this. Those kind of things, you shouldn't have to tell your client no. Uh, I'm, I'm really big on that. You should be able to look at it and go, yes. When you start playing outside that box, Richie literally knows everybody at Crestron. Like literally, I think that I think it's quite possible that the janitor gets a Christmas card from Richie at Crestron. That's important. And I guarantee you, Joe's the same way with control Four. Joe can probably pick up his phone if he has a problem and he can't get it solved through tech support and get an engineer on the phone that will fix it. I have the same thing at RTI. When you when you build these relationships and you carry these products and you support the product and you go forward, if you run into something that is outside the box, the client's crazy. How do you expect for me to do this? You can call engineering and you can bounce it off of them. And between all their brains and my half a brain, we can usually figure out exactly how to do what we need to do. That's the key. The, the control systems aren't necessarily limited. I like to pick it control four because it's a pre-configured style system. But the truth is, and a lot of control four guys don't even know this. You can go in and do anything you want to do with control four. You can do custom graphics. You can do anything you want to do. It's it's you. It's a little tougher entry than RTI or Crestron. It's a little harder, but it's doable. And and that is the point. The point is is they didn't used to be that way. These systems were cut and dry. You were one way or you were the other. But now you can go out. You can have all this fun. You can do the simple stuff, uh, cookie cutter stuff, or you can dig in and be custom. But you should never have a customer that that pays you to be the expert, you should never look at them and have to tell them no. You might tell them yes, but bring money, which I say all the time. They love that. But uh, it, it, you should never have to tell them no. So Joe, uh, fill us in then from your perspective. Uh, do you select a control manufacturer and go all in on them, as Stephen said, or do you try to find different solutions based on what you anticipate the needs to be or, or maybe um, use different solutions because they're either more geared to one type of application versus another? You know, I always look at it as like the trending attitude. Um, the way things change over time with technology, understanding the consumer, whether it be business or, or um, residential, because I grabbed this out of the drawer of my conference room desk, by the way, as a really good example. Everyone knows how to use this remote. My 80-year-old grandma knows how to use this. My 8-year-old kid knows how to use this. 
Everybody in the state of Missouri knows how to use this remote. That's the attitude that should be taken towards UI, whether it be a touchscreen or remote or whatever, is the familiarity process. Power makes it turn on and off. Volume makes it turn up and down. You know, when you get too custom, you, you lose the fact of what you're trying to give a customer uh, in the end. And, and kind of the trick of like, you know, you talk about picking a control system or automation company or, or, or any of those is those trends change. And as those trends change, certain companies get behind others and certain advance. Right. So we, I've been in handcuffs with control four for 15 years, but I, in that time and in between, I mean, back in the day, I used to do some HAI and I did some RTI and I did some Milan and we're toying with Savant now. And you know, it, it's following that consumer trend that matches your business. Because if, if you know how to do this, it, it's, it's like going to school and taking a second language, French, Spanish, whatever the case may be. It's still a language, you know, you're still dealing with the same thing. You just got to learn a couple of other things, you know, back end is great. And if you know how to do that, kind of like we do, you know, awesome. But manufacturers are now less about the technology and more about the market trend. That's actually a scary thing because you can go all in, invest all in like certain people did with Colorado VNet. Boom. Was, was a pretty product that went through four different owners or so. I mean, didn't Russ sound on them at one time? So, but that, that's that example of they caught a trend at the right time and gave them a powerhouse for two years. Then the trend changed. They didn't stay in suit. They didn't have any back-end money, so boom, they were gone. But then you see the, you know, uh, Savant's transition in the past six years. They came on strong, caught a fan base, kind of messed up and lost their trend. They weren't keeping track of uh, the consumer profiles almost died. Then they're making that re-up. You know, it, it, it's that watching the trend and manufacturers are figuring out one very important thing um, right now. And, and Richie lightly touched on this, but it's one of the things for everybody watching and listening to this, I, I really want them to soak in their mind is you talk about, you know, Resi Marshall and the, the blend and which one is pushing which. That is true to a point. The point different now is a commercial integrator, so to speak. You actually don't do anything for their job unless you are installing corporate networks or your PC tech support or you're building the servers that are the back end for their email, their, you know, uh, all their corporate environment. You're just creating a lifestyle space inside their corporate environment to boost productivity, which is the same thing you do in a residence. Look, feel, touch, and experience. A conference room isn't so much about infrastructure anymore. These people are you know, bringing their own device. They're bringing laptops in. I'm not selling them any of the equipment they actually do work on. I'm enhancing the experience of the work they're doing, but I'm not providing them work tools. This big video while we did at the airport, that's a marketing experience. That's not something to work. So that transition has more to do with the way we live our lives inside our house and out, whether it be in a bar, a restaurant, a conference room, an airport, in my car, same thing. So now we're actually getting to a user experience at a very root level. Manufacturers are catching on maybe a little faster than we are. 
but now we're starting to see the trend. I have this one, one pitch that I use um, all the time, and I just got to use it. I couldn't catch up with Richie during Expo because I was going to take him over to the Denver Aquarium job we're doing, and they have a restaurant there. And, and my thought process here is, you know, you throw up some TVs or some speakers or you make things easier for the bartender to turn on 27 TVs or the right channel at certain times. But at the end of the day, you're in a lifestyle experience. So when you walk in there, you're getting taste and smell. Where are the sights and the sounds that match the environment? Is the music the music that the chef was listened to when he was inspired to create that dish? You know, let's, let's expand that experience. Same thing in commercials, same thing in conference rooms. So I think that's the shift. I think it's less about the drive of technology, but more about the expectation of the consumer on how they're going to experience that environment. So I think you touched on a lot of good things there. And you know, one of the ones that I wanted to talk about, and maybe I'll come back to you on this, is that you know, how, how are we, how uh, the, 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 the commercial side of, of, of the business has really been rocked by a lot of the soft codecs and a lot more dependency on hardware and you know the, a lot, lot less to put into a system um, that, that I would I'm presuming with streaming services and so forth is, is also the case on the residential side so where is it, are these systems becoming naturally simplified or are they becoming actually a little bit uh, more challenging to to be able to to provide a, a greater experience. Joe, you can, why don't you follow up with that since you were on a on a good roll there. So that experience, um, I kind of missed part of what you were saying because my mic, my headphones cut out. But everything now, you know, the the worst part is it wasn't driven by us, right? It was driven by the mass manufacturing companies, whether it be, you know, Amazon, Tesla. Um, I mean, that want in need shift has happened. It wasn't spurned by us, but we're having to follow it. Where the Apple Watch on my wrist, all of these things, it's all about the experience of what we're doing through the use of connected technology. Um, but not, not stupid stuff like Wi-Fi pins. I mean, now we're getting to the point where there are technological expectations out of the way we live to connected Nike shoes to, I mean, we're really in what I'm considering the next industrial revolution probably started a couple of years ago. Now we're really seeing that trend to it's all about how I experience everything around me. Um, if anybody paid attention to any of the news, like in the last two weeks where Amazon introduced um, some new wearables or rings, some glasses. Um, there's another connected set of glasses out there. We're, we're coming to the point where we, as in, you know, me, you, Steve, Steven, Richie, we're all expected almost to augment the way people live inside their spaces on a 24 hour basis. That's the key. Cause it used to be how Richie described there's a residential guy and there's a commercial guy. My job was, you know, the, the, the three hours they had at home before they went to sleep after work, they're eight hours of sleep and they're 30 minutes before they left. Or the 20, you know, the 48 hours of the weekend. And then the rest of that day, the eight to 12 hours of work, five days a week, was Richie's job. Now that has changed where they're expecting that framework to go from before I even woke up 
when the shades start coming up before I'm awake and the music starts coming on slowly and the coffee pot is making my stuff to the point I get in my car and that connected transition to work continues as I'm moving towards the workspace. And then they want their personal space in their office or conference room to continue that. I have a couple of customers in the bar and restaurant industry who are trying to figure out how to bridge that gap. How can I take technology um, personal uh, wants and needs and bring that into the table setting of a client? You know, when they sign up on Facebook, or they like it? What music were they listening to? What are they watching? What are they tasting this? Oh, the guy's got a heart problem. Don't give him a lot of salt. They're trying to figure out how to make that transition period so it just keeps moving. I think we're close. I think we're going to get there. But that's that thing is we all through, I mean, the mass, my mass market companies like Logitech, Sonos, Nest, Amazon, um, all these guys pushed it for us. You know, let's be honest. But we are getting to the, to the point where that is not a satisfactory experience. So now it gets kicked back to us to carry that torch. But man, today it's, doesn't matter what the UI is, could be voice, could be, you know, haptic, tactile, gesture, doesn't matter. We're getting to that point where it's all about what happens after the voice is said, the button is pressed, they sense me in the room, where we're like onto something big. Richie's all about it though. <laughs> well, I, I, Rich, I'll give you the last word. We're, we're actually up against time, but you know, the, the question that I had, and, and you can maybe tie a ribbon on this because it's been a great conversation and we always tend to run out of time here, is that uh, it, is it important for an individual or a client to think about having one person then to provide it? As, as Joe said, you know, this continued experience 24-7, you know, and, and bridge the, the, the home and, and work life. Well, I think in a perfect world, yeah. I mean, especially if you can be that person or that company. So, you know, I'm always going to promote that. Um, you know, I more than anything else, I think it's a matter of partnerships and being open to finding uh, a way for residential and commercial companies to bridge that gap together. Uh, there's, you know, there there's installations, and you know, I, I'm really fortunate that I. I, I get to partner with a lot of commercial integrators and residential integrators and, and have the luxury of being able to see the challenges that, that they run into. Being a former integrator myself, I remember the challenges. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily have any love for having to go through that again. You know, it's, it definitely takes a lot to do both. Um, if you can, great. Um, I think that they are still two different demands on your time, on your staff. Uh, on on your workflow that you always need to be cognizant of. Um, and for one company to be kind of a one, one size fits all solution, I think it's a great goal. Uh, I think realistically, um, there's just sometimes a matter of biting off more than you can chew as a company and you can get yourself in trouble very quickly. I've always been a fan of collaboration. Uh, you know, that's, that's really what my business model is based on is collaboration assembling teams of people who are very good at what they do and then working together to let everybody do it and make money at it. So if you have a company who's working with the technology manager and that technology manager has as part of an enterprise and they've got 15 different sites throughout the world, well, there's no way you're going to have a residential company go to 15 different states or countries to be able to deal with, you know, the C-level management. 
However, if as a residential company or a resi-commercial company, you do have partnerships or you can help out and you can work with them and translate that process, um, you know, so much the better, which leads me to reaching out. And, and you see it in, in commercial, we see it with the VIXA. In residential, you see it more with the buying groups. Uh, it's a matter of learning how to share information. And right now, it's kind of that 48th parallel between residential and commercial. Commercial guys don't really necessarily understand residential guys. Resident guys don't understand commercial guys. And so sometimes never the twin shall meet. I think once we soften those lines between those companies, uh, then that leaves the opening for it. Uh, you know, and again, it's, it's you can work together and all can make money doing it so much the better. Well, that's a good place to stop. So thank you. And I, I think that this is, a, of course, a very enlightening conversation, and I appreciate everybody's insight to make that happen. So I'd like to thank you guys for being a part of it. Uh, first off, uh, uh, Joe Whitaker from Thoughtful Integrations. Joe, how can people get in touch with you, learn more about your company and what you're up to? Uh, they can always email me just directly at joe at thoughtfulintegrations.com. Find us on Facebook at Thoughtful Integrations, and we are now on Twitter at Integrator Tweets, and you can always find me at Cedia. Very nice. Uh, Stephen Bronner from Pro Audio Georgia. Great to see you again. Uh, it's been too long. How can people get in touch with you and learn about Pro Audio Georgia? You can reach at me, uh, Pro Audio underscore GA on Twitter. Um, easy to find just about anywhere. Uh, you can do hashtag, look for hashtag country boy smiling. Uh, I know a lot of you will be uh, not surprised by that hashtag. So um, I'm pretty easy to find Pro Audio Georgia, Stephen Bronner. Call me, like Joe said, reach out to me anytime. I love to work with other integrators. I think Richie is absolutely right. That's my favorite part of the business is collaboration. Um, and I look forward to hearing from you. So last but not least, Rich, another great show. How can people get in touch with you and learn what you're up to? Uh, one of the ways to find me is on Twitter, at rfragosa. You can also find us on our website, fragosadesign.com. But most importantly, uh, you can find us here on avnation.tv, obviously on our show, uh, but also follow us with uh, a suite of all our other shows, uh, AV Week, Resi Week, The Social Life, uh, you know, the shows keep going. Um, that's where we uh, really like to find you and, and obviously support us. So uh, I'll piggyback on that. Visit uh, avnation.tv to get all of the shows and uh, for the audience that is particularly interested in learning more about the residential side of the business, check out Resi Week with Matt Scott. I'm sure he'd appreciate uh, you listening and, and uh, pitching in for us. Uh, please uh, you know, check out uh, the State of Control uh, site, listen to our, our uh, back episodes, and please leave us some comments and feedback. We'd love to hear from you and like to know more about what you're looking for us to provide. Uh, for me, I, you can reach me, Steve Greenblatt, at Steve Greenblatt on most uh, social media uh, platforms and my company control concepts at controlconcepts.net. So uh, for us at uh, State of Control, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us. Mm -hmm.